it's shiny, it's awesome, it's cool, it's a piece it's of hardware that I can give my baby boy. Because I didn't eat anything. You know, absolutely. Hold on, I'm talking, brother. 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 Hello. And welcome back to Hold On I'm Talking Brother. My name is Joe Greenwood and you are listening to our UFC 275 preview to Shera versus Prohashka live from Singapore. And Tom Ballam, I'm going to ask you a very serious question here. Why are the UFC running their first pay-per-view outside of the US uh, post-COVID in Singapore? So, Joe, this caught me uh, off guard, i got to say. My first tip on this was when Zhang Weili talk talking about it being a home fight. And I was yeah. like, hold on, what's going up here? Hold you on, know? brother. Yeah. <laughs> hold on, <laughs> hold on sister. We're not in Las Vegas. Yes. Are we in New York? Where is the Chinese community in the US located? Yeah. Uh, California? No. Turns out we're all the way over in Singapore. It's come out of nowhere. But, it's a weird uh, one, isn't it? It is, it is. It's maybe taking the fight to 1FC. Yes. Uh, this is this gate that the UFC have pulled is bigger than any 1FC event in their history, uh, which uh, maybe tells you that the, the move that they're going for, perhaps, to sort of assert their dominance in that marketplace, or just to show one, we're the big dogs in this yard. Don't try and fuck with us. Um... So you're saying Glover Teixeira big in Indonesia? <laughs> I don't know. It's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? But then when I was looking at the card, I'm like, well, Prohashka was really big in Japan. Do the UFC think Singapore is Japan? Like, I don't know. Like, do they think that that's the same thing? It's that World War Two mentality. <laughs> the sun has never set. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I don't know. It's a bit, of a bit of a weird one, isn't it? So... I uh, it's it's a it's an odd one. It's not Brazil, which would have been, or England, which is would probably would have been the two places you would have thought that they would have run as a pay per view. But I'll take it. I'll take this as their first pay per view location outside of the US because something different, different crowd noise reactions, most likely. Be interesting to see. But what's going to be even more interesting to see, Tom, is this main event. Yuri Prohashka takes on Glover Teixeira, the light heavyweight champion, in, well, what is being billed as a passing of the torch moment for some. And Tom, I've got to ask you just straight up, is this a narrative you buy into? Because I feel like the tactical breakdown and the narrative breakdown are the same thing. Hmm. Uh, That's an interesting line you finished on there, Joe. I guess... um... When I think of a champion in waiting, yeah, you know the man who has not been crowned. I think of uh, Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira, <laughs> and yes. like his fellow Brazilian compatriot, I don't think you can look through Glover Teixeira, man on a seven-fight streak now, or six fights. Sorry, could be seven with a win over Yuri. Mm. Uh, seems a bit odd to me. Seems a bit odd. What do you mean to look through Teixeira? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Yuri, of course, he's red hot. Uh, he's definitely caught the... He's lit the touch paper. Yeah. He's lit Joe's touch paper. I can see the, <laughs> I can see the fire inside you. You're ready to get on the mic and talk about the fight. But um, yes, he has only fought two times in the UFC. So? He was knocked out by Mohamed Laval. He hasn't fought a jiu-jitsu specialist 
uh, with the record, you know, the shoot box record. Right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're talking about he got knocked out by Mohamed Lowell, okay, which is in the Ryzen, which was in Ryzen in a Grand Prix. That was the same night that he fought Vadim Nemkov, who is the current light heavyweight champion in Bellator. Have you ever seen that fight between Nemkov? Hey, and hold up, Pro? hold up. A point of order here: Is Nemkov the champion? I thought he, I thought he was. Yes. I don't think he is, Joe. He I, is, I, isn't he? Still it, didn't, he... didn't Corey, Corey no, Anderson? No, it finished in a DQ. Former UFC great. No, it finished in a DQ, and that they could. The declare... best light heavyweight in the world, Joe <laughs> Corey Anderson. Levels to this game. Uh, no, it, no, it ended in a draw because uh, Anderson. Uh, de- uh, what did he do? Yeah, it was a head clash of heads, clash of heads, head yeah, and cut Nemkov. Yeah, right. so Nemkov is the. Like that. Anyway, have you seen Nemkov versus Prohashka? Enough of this fucking nonsense. I have it, Joe. That is not. It didn't take place in the UFC, so it did it really happen. <laughs> Prohashka won that fight because Nemkov had to give up because he was so exhausted. And it was one round. He gave up at the end of the first round. It was a 10-minute round, by the way. And the pace that Prohashka put on him was just insane. At the end of the round, Prohashka, who, by the way, Nemkov was on top. And at the end of the round, they, Nemkov got off and Prohashka just popped up and went to his corner. Nemkov just laid there on the ground and he was just like, I can't go on. Okay. And then he got knocked out later in that night by King Mo. Okay, so let's let's put that out there. Just like, okay, got knocked out by King Mo, yes, after having a real dog fight the same All right, Joe, all right. Okay, so you've, you've cleared his name on the first point there. But the second charge was, has he fought a man with the ground game of Glover Teixeira? Um, now... For the listeners, there's frantic scrambling going on the on the Wikipedia <laughs> page right now. He's stalling for time. The answer's no, Joe. I can clear no, that he, one up he for hasn't, you right he now. Hasn't, he hasn't. So, look, the salient point from that is Yuri deserves all the hype that's behind him, but you can't sleep on Glover Teixeira, uh, as Carl, a certain uh, Carl, Jan Blahovich will tell you. I think Carl Albrechtson, who uh, Prohashka beat, was a uh, Swedish wrestling, wrestling national champion, if I remember correctly. So Match him up with Glover, let's go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm. I'm just. It, it does fall into this category though of like, can Glover with withstand the, the storm? Is he going to be able to get to a single leg to take Prahashka down? Is he going to be able to keep him down for one? And then is he going to be able to work towards a finish? Well, I'd like your help answering a couple of those questions because I've got a pretty clear picture in my mind for for others. I mean, we know that Glover can eat shots and lure you in in the process. The the trap, the Glover trap. Um, Now, we've already had previous victims. Uh, Probably the most iconic one was the Anthony Smith one. Oh, yes. Yeah, his teeth were falling out, yeah. (laughs) Um... So yeah, we we already know that Glover can can hang in there. He can rope a dope. He can <laughs> he can do what what he does. That yeah. you know he can take a shot. Um, now what I haven't seen, and again this is because of uh, the majority of Prasca's career so far has been outside of the big time as we see it here in the West and on Hold On I'm Talking Brother, especially when we're waiting for press certification for UFC London. Oh. <laughs> um, it is. If Glover can get into a position where he's on top against Yuri, can Yuri escape that position? 
What do you yes. know about that, Joe? He yes, can. He can. He can. He can one hundred percent. The thing is, is that Prohashka, he has sort of this explosive energy with which he then weaponizes with the cardio, which will sort of drag on late into fights. And from what I've seen of him getting up and having followed his career in Japan, is that when he is taken down, he is able to explode up out of it. He has been able to do that. I do then question how often, how many times he will be able to do that against Glover. Because, okay, maybe once or twice, sure. But when it gets to like third, fourth, fifth time of being taken down, I think then you're starting to get into sort of difficult territory. And then that sort of boa constrictor-like um, quality to, to share as a wrestling will probably take over. But, Tom, I don't think it's going to get that far, personally. I think you probably knew this, that I was going to go this way. And you're probably going to counter as such to this. Uh, we're going to lay our predictions on the line now. By the way, I haven't, I've, I've realised I've fucked something up. I haven't set the rules, which is that me and Tom make predictions for each fight. One point if we get the winner correct. Two points if we get the method. And I'm telling you the method to this main event. And it's Yuri Prohashka by knockout. That is how he's going to win this fight. Is that in a first round stoppage? First or second round. Wow. I think he's just going to absolutely swarm Teixeira. I think Teixeira, to his credit, has incredibly strong fundamentals, which is really strong wrestling and then also a great right-hand-left-hook combo. That's how he drops everyone. He drops everyone this way. The thing is, is that he fights guys that are a lot more... That fall on their fundamentals a lot more than Prohashka. Prohashka's got like these sort of weird movements and his timing's weird. He doesn't, he's not like, you know, one, two, three, shot, one, two, three, shot. He will throw things at different points, at different angles that you're not expecting. Single shots, you know. Even, do you remember the knockout of Uzdemir? Of course I do. Do you remember the lead up to the knockout, which was this head kick, which Prohashka threw at this kind of like, really kind of ropey head kick, but it was this like, out of nowhere sort of like angle that he threw it at that Uzdemir thought was coming to the body that ended up going to the head rocked Uzdemir and then worked into the cage beautiful one two down the middle knocked him out that is what Prohashka has so I think if it falls into a fundamentals game I think Teixeira will be able to get the win but I think Prohashka just because he is how he fights will be able to start to put it on Teixeira that's not to say I don't think Teixeira can't win this I 100% think he can do it. I just don't think he will. So, uh, you know, you're on safe ground there, Joe. Um, Yuri, he is the favourite going into this fight. Not you're, massively. Not, not massively. No, no, not a massive favourite, considering it's a relatively young gun versus the second oldest champion we've had in the UFC. Um, a man who's been wobbled in all, all the runs, all his mm. fights up to... Uh, apart, from, apart from Jan... Apart from against Jan, he's aging like fine, fine um, cheese. Yeah, what do they like in Brazil? Yeah, uh, what fine? What ages well in Brazil? Yes, um, I don't know, arse fillers, uh, maybe those. I feel like that's the. I feel like that's not what Glover's going for. I feel like that's the opposite, um, <laughs> and certainly the opposite of what Yuri would go for, Mister. Yeah. You know, book of the five rings, the Bushido way. Yeah. Um, so Joe's lit, face is lit up with more yeah. Japanese references. You're making Keep me your... sound like you're making me sound like a real weeb right now. Like... 
Yeah, you told me about that tentacle stuff, man. You gotta stop it. <laughs> you gotta stop it, Joe. I know. By the way, I'm saying all this. Uh, don't call me a weeb as I'm wearing a New Japan Pro Wrestling T-shirt. So like, there's. Uh, I'm really not doing myself. Uh, after I've just been to a Japanese restaurant as well. I've just been to like tonight. So. And I can see the posters up on your wall of all those manga girls as well. So. <laughs> And the, and the slightly deflated doll on the seat. So. Anyway, Joe, look, uh, I've picked Tashera. Of course you have. I've How picked Tashera. That- I gave it away months ago for the regular listeners. They already knew. They've already gone to the bank, Joe. They're counting their winnings. They know who to back. And that's me picking Tashera. Bye. Um, so, look, Joe, it's um, it's like this. Uh, Tashera can take a shot. Deshera can hang in there. Um, I don't think Jiri can Yuri can live with Deshera on the mat. I don't see a reason to think that he will be able to uh, explode back up, especially when men with a with a better pedigree than Yuri in terms of wrestling uh, have have struggled to deal with with mm-hmm. Glover. And I also um, was quite taken by some of Yuri's comments when it came to fighting on the ground. Uh, and someone was asking him about his his jiu-jitsu game, and he was like, no, no, don't bother with that. It's all about the ground and pound, baby. <laughs> uh, and I, I do not think that lines up well to going down to the mat with Glover Teixeira. Mm, uh, um, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I've taken a slightly contrarian viewpoint. As you say, I think it's reasonably evenly matched fight. I think you could yeah. buy into either narrative and i've just seen i know to i know what i'm getting i know his pedigree and i'm, I'm just gonna I'm, uh, I'm gonna be conservative i'm gonna lean on him i'm not wow. gonna just get chased the you know the new thing no that's fair enough i mean i i think it's a very i think it is a close fight and i do think that if to can handle that storm that comes through I could actually see him easily winning the fight in a way. Like, I could see him just controlling Prohashka and just working the ground and pound and working the jiu-jitsu from there and letting him try to explode out and expend all this energy and working towards a finish on the ground. That is, like, a very likely uh, situation. I also do think that Glover Teixeira is 42 years old and he's facing a guy who is peaking and Teixeira has been knocked out he has been finished brutally. I mean, the Gustafson one is the one I always think of, where Gustafson up unloaded like an eight-shot combo on him with not much coming back. I don't know. Like, I'm a little bit hesitant to just think that Teixeira can just ride it out. Yeah, look, it's it's not so much that I think that Teixeira can just eat them, you know, and just and walk him down or something. Khabib versus Gaethje style. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like I think he can. He can hang in there on the feet. I think Yuri, of course, with his style, does leave himself extremely exposed. He has been wobbled, Joe, in both of his fights against Ustamir and against Reyes. The Ustamir one. The Ustamir one. I contest the Reyes one. I. I won't so much, but I think the Ustamir one. It's like he just about. He was constantly just getting out the range of like getting properly clipped and I think that because Teixeira's combos are so basic fundamentals that it may not 
Joe, I don't think he's going to surprise Prohashka. Joe, it, he's done it to everyone. You said it yourself earlier in the pod. He's done it to everyone. And, yes. And he's going to do it to Yuri. And I don't I think, think so. I think when Yuri is a little bit, you know, he's a little bit phased, a little bit unsure, in that space, uh, Teixeira will get into a grappling match with him. I think there will be a clinch moment, and I think Yuri will end up on the mat. I think that will deplete his kind of explosiveness, and I think he'll make a mistake. I picked Teixeira by submission. Let's go. Submission? That's... By submission. I didn't get yeah. to that part, yeah. I didn't oh, get damn. to that part. Okay, so, fair enough. Valentina Shevchenko, the <laughs> reigning champion. Yes. Uh, Flyweight w- champion. The, the greatest women's mixed martial artist, according to some. According to, to some. you. Uh, I mean, she's in the conversation, of course. I, I think I, mean, I think I think there's not much of a conversation there, is there? I mean, the other icons have fallen, after all. What Nunez, Cyborg, and, Nune- and um, uh, Rousey. Rousey. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, she's fighting Tyler Santos, Joe. Woman with quite the record of her own, nineteen and one, not to yes. be overlooked. What stands out to you about Tyler Santos so far? Uh. Like, she's got very strong ground game. My problem is, though, is that Valentina's fought women who have strong ground games and has smashed them on the ground. So I then think, okay, what does Tyler Santos have on the feet? And then I then also question, like, what does she, what can she offer Shevchenko? And I think this is just quite an easy matchup, to be honest for you, for Shevchenko. Like, I think Tyler Santos has a good-looking record because she's fighting in the flyweight division. Like, well, I, the majority of those fights are in, you know, in in Brazil, in some some backwaters. Aspera uh, FC, uh, which I'm presuming with Portuguese would be Aspera uh, FC. Uh, if we're gonna, there you go. Nice little linguist joke for you there. Uh, there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I find that Shevchenko, she's so cold and calculated to, in all of her matchups is that she. I don't think she's ever going to be surprised by an opponent. Like, unless you have someone who has only demonstrated striking abilities show wrestling abilities, for example, or a wrestler who shows good striking abilities. You know, I think... Shevchenko, because of that, is moderately overrated as a fighter. You know, I think she does fall within certain tropes of hers that are make her look better than she actually is because the standard of opposition she's facing are not of her standard. Um, you know, when she fought Andrade and everyone was just like, well, Andrade, you know, she's a strong power puncher and all these sorts of things. It's like, yeah, but Shevchenko knows that and she's going to fight to that. Like, she's going to know how to take her out. And it's just like she took her down, grappled her, and beat her up on the ground. You know, it was like when she fought, um, what was it, Lauren Murphy. She just knew, I've got to ride her out, ride this out, take her into later rounds, wear her down, and then I'll take her down and finish her on the ground. And that's what she did. Um, I mean, the head kick of Jessica I was this well-set-up sort of head kick finish. And it's when I think about like Tyler Santos and what she has to offer, which is strong grappling and a decent takedown offense, 
Shevchenko's going to know this and will be able to work around that. And it's like, well, unless it's really spectacular and really swarming and really engulfing, I don't see much of an issue for Shevchenko. And I'm wondering if you probably feel the same as me. Yeah, this is not a fight I'm going to take the contrarian perspective on. No. Um, However, however, you know, we have been here before with women's MMA. Uh, of course. We are off the back of Nunez, Pena, Rousey, yeah. Holm, yeah. Um, Joanna versus Rose. Yeah. And, you know, these these women who have seemed to be at the top of the mountain and insurmountable have, have, have crumbled in all of those cases with relative ease and have never looked the same really again. Um so, you know, there are there is going to be a moment out there when the sport catches up to the likes of Shevchenko and um I I guess she'll fall like the others, but uh, I'm I'm not qualified to say if this is going to be that time or not. I I'm strongly of the opinion that this is not the time that's going to that's going to happen. Um I'll lay my prediction out for you right now that I have Shevchenko by decision of her kind of like basically cruising through this with relative ease. Um, and I think that's kind of the most disappointing thing for Shevchenko is that I don't think her CV after the fact is going to hold up as well as it does for someone like Mighty Mouse, for example. Because you remember when Mighty Mouse was beating people, he was beating guys twice, you know, he's having to go through the division twice. It's like, I feel like some of those names are now more well respected after the fact. You know what I mean? Like um, Benavidez. Sahudo, obviously, um, Horiguchi, you know. Are you inferring, Joe, that uh, Liz Carmouche will not be in the Hall of Fame <laughs> ten years from now? I don't think she's going to be a hipster's choice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when I she... mean, look, I don't want to beat up on on Valentina. Uh, I'm, no. I'm not. I'm not signed up member of the of the fan club. But you know, you go, girl. You beat who's in front of you, and uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, just pile up those the, that record. And you know, it's not your responsibility to to build up the division. No, you know, it's to to market other fighters to grow the sport. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, Valentina by decision. I've gone for the same thing. Yeah, it's, it, it pretty much writes itself, doesn't it? Um, well, should we get to this fight, which um, it's a rematch we weren't expecting? I'm going to say. So we're talking about uh, Zhang Weili, former former champ, versus Joanna Yedrinjajic, former champ. Is that how you say it properly? I thought, oh, six months in Poland. I don't. I don't make mistakes like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, if you know your tentacle porn, I know yeah. how to say Joanna Yedrinjajic. Yeah. No, I, I actually I don't I don't know that. Sorry to our Polish fans out there, but. Shout out to the Polish fans. Shout out to uh, Marius Pudzianowski, who won the other night. I don't know if you saw that. That man has uh, has taken a lot of steroids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's bulging. Ledge. Ledge. That's all I'm saying. That that guy owns. Anyway, go on. Joanna. Uh, what, what's Joanna's nickname? Uh, the Boogie Woman. The Boogie Woman. All right. Joe, is that what is... It is. That It is. That's certainly how she's been billed. What about Zhang Weili? Don't look. I've got it written here. It's Magnum. It is. It is. It is Magnum. Magnum. Yes, indeed. Great nicknames, aren't they? So Magnum versus the Boogie Woman. Yes. <laughs> it's a strange you know, fight. But can I, by the way, can I just say, when, it, when you're bringing up the Boogie Woman, 
I, all I remember is Colby Covington's nickname for her. Do you remember what he called her? He called uh, after she got the boob job. He called her the booby woman, which I thought <laughs> is so childish. <laughs> I mean, if you cut through <laughs> Colby's shtick, man, you cut through some of them. Some of them, you know, they do tickle me as well. You know, yeah. Yeah. What, what's your favorite? What's your favorite? Um, what's your favorite Covington nickname? Ah. Joe, I cannot, I cannot downgrade. Can't pull the pod down like that. We're sailing so high. It's for the intellectual. It's high, bro. I can't, I can't pick okay. out. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, let me, let me talk about Young Jacek for a second. Um, she has not won two fights in a row since 2017. She, she is on a weird, weird run. Like she has lost to Namajunas twice, beat Tisha Torres. Lost to Valentina Shevchenko for the flyweight title, beat Michelle Watson, and then lost to Zhang Weili in the greatest fight in the history of women's MMA. I think that is just a fact at this stage. Would you say? Well, well, Joe. I mean, there's no higher accolade than winning fight of the year, according to Hold On and Tom and Brother, and that fight claimed it. Yes, it did. So uh, incredible fight, but is it enough? Is it enough? Like. Joanna hasn't fought since then. She was on the losing end. Huge hematoma. Showed her heart. Amazing. Built yeah. her brand. I wanna. I wanna see her fight. Yeah. But, you know, couldn't they have made anything else for her following that? I. I. There's. There's a weird one for me, which is that like, it's weird that she's gone straight back into a number one contenders fight. Like this is what Dana's billing this as, and these are two women that have like lost twice to Rose Namajunas. I mean, Whaley's lost twice in a row. Joanna's last fight was coming up to, what, two years ago now, over two years, and was a loss to Whaley. Um, and you're starting to see this now at some of the top ends of, the, of these divisions. There's a fight that was announced recently that I'll bring up later where top contenders are fighting each other and they're not fighting the up-and-coming contenders. And it slightly bugs me. Like, it does bug me that these are who these people are facing. I understand booking Whaley versus Yun Jacek um, makes a whole lot of sense. Rematch to the greatest women's fight of all time. Slightly juices up this card, which maybe some people might think is not up to much. I personally really like this card. But, it's, yeah, it's just a bit of a weird one. It's a weird one to come back to for Yun Jacek, isn't it? Suddenly like, is. Suddenly is. I mean... Suddenly is. I I guess both of these women are at a place now where their career is a little bit stalled. Obviously, uh, Zhang having lost her second fight to to Rose, as as we as we say, and and Joanna also having lost two fights to Rose. Uh, it puts them both in a strange place. I, I guess I just you know, where do I see the winner of this fight are going? You know, like well, should they are they going to start putting them in the matchup with? Carla Esparza, is that is that enough? I, I don't know. I, I'd just like to see these guys fight down a little bit more, bring some more recognition to some other women. Um, yeah, Isn't it the I, case, Joe? Look, look, if, if the loser of this fight, they have to be fighting someone, you know, on the periphery of the top ten yeah. after the fight. Like, if there's any justice in the world. If, well, you, well, you mean like a Amanda Hebas or Vina Janjiroba or like, that sort of thing. I'm, I'm even saying like a little step below that. These are w- women who are who are not in a great place. They're not on good runs, and the loser of this fight will have chalked up another one. Um, 
I, you know, I think they should already be fighting kind of five to ten, mm. that kind of area. And I think with another loss, you've got to be looking at ten to fifteen. I just don't see that happening. Let's bring some new women through. Yeah, I, I agree. And this is the best women's division as well, like quite clearly, because there's actually five to six good fighters, five to six interesting matchups. Like, and we're just getting the same one again. It's just a bit of a weird booking size. But let's get into the. Let's get into the actual fight itself. Are we just going to see a repeat of the first fight? And I want to know what your feelings is on Yan Jacek because people who have been away from the fight game for a long time, and she's been away for a while after taking a lot of damage, a lot of damage, they never look the same. And I'm wondering, do you feel like she's maybe going to be diminished from what she once was? I mean, her aura's already been shattered, Joe. Like, she's already been dealt some serious adversity. She was really upset the first time beaten by by Rose. It was another one of those kind of shock moments. Mm. Um, And then, obviously, being beaten pretty comfortably a second time out, already really dealt her a a difficult hand. Um, I don't think, having seen her response to that in her performance against Zhang Weili, where, again, she was dealt some... Huge adversity in the fight. I don't think you can can really question her resolve um, and actually her physical prowess as well. Mm. So I, I personally don't expect that to be an issue for Joanna. I think she really pr- proved that she's you know as tough as tough as they come in, yeah. in that fight. Okay. Um, the first fight it came down to. The frequency of Yun Jacek versus the power punches of Wei Li. I think we're going to see the same thing. But I'm wondering, do you think Wei Li falls onto the wrestling that she implemented against Rose in this fight? Well, ultimately, she emerged a loser uh, against Rose. Uh, I... not, in a, not to us, though. That was, which no. Is... no, no, no. No, but I mean... Even on our scorecards, it was a kind of pick'em result. Yeah. It wasn't. It, it wasn't. You know, comprehensive win for Zhang by any means. No. Uh, no. I. I don't. I actually. I don't think that's a weakness that that Joanna has. I, I wouldn't say that a wrestling heavy game is going to upset her. She. She loves to be kind of in and out of the pocket, controlling the distance and leading with volume. Uh, mm. So I think someone walking into those kind of clinch positions, those wrestling positions, I think that plays into Joanna's hands if that's the kind of game that. That Whaley will come with, mm. um, so I think they're kind of doomed to much to our delight to have a similar matchup to the first time out, Joe. That's... Yeah, where do you fall then in this in this matchup? <sighs> the bookies have gone for Zhang Whaley. Yeah. She did emerge victorious, I think, by our scorecards as well in that fight of the night yeah. performance, first time out, uh, three rounds to two. I've gone for the same result. Zhang Weili by decision. Um, to surprise you, Tom, I have gone by Zhang Weili by decision for this fight. Um, I There's a part of it which is, do you buy into the ring rust theory? And I think some fighters it doesn't apply. And I'm wondering if Joanna is going to be one of those because she's been really inconsistent the last few years just in terms of the performances, the people that she's beaten, Michelle Waterson and Tisha Torres, no offence, but they're not on the level of Zhang Weili, Valentina Shevchenko or Rose Namajunas. Um, you know, there seems to be a bit of a 
barrier in those last few that like Joanna lost to and I'm wondering is she going to be able to push through and make that last run to a title considering she is 34 years old and as fans of the sport this is new territory we don't see many women's fighters get to this age and get to this sort of run in the UFC having been a previous champion and you know having first become the champion what seven years ago now is she gonna be able to get back to it chances are probably quite unlikely to be honest um it just doesn't work like that in combat sports so i don't know why it should be any different for her uh so that's why i've gone my way lead by decision and let me ask you this question who do you think the ufc wants to win well, you've you've already we've already discussed the kind of tilt to Asia and challenging one FC. Uh, I think there are one point six billion, maybe one point eight billion people with Chinese ancestry in the world. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think there's might maybe you know less than a hundred million of, with Polish ancestry. It's it's pretty clear cut yeah. uh, that the UFC would prefer to see. Zhang win. I gotta say, Joe, I was itching, scr- scratching around in my seat there. I, I, I don't think you're right in your assessment of of Joanna there. I do not think her 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 fire has dimmed. I think she's still a contender in the division. Mm. And um, honestly, like, let's match her up with Carla Esparza. Yeah, yeah. I mean, straight off the bat, do you, do you're not going to tell me you think Carla Esparza is a strong favourite going into that fight. There's no way she's a strong favourite if she's no. a favourite at all. No. no. Joanna's right there. She proved it in the first Zhang fight. I mean, honestly, now I'm 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 kind of in Joanna's corner. You've you've pushed me to the other side. <laughs> I pissed your, you off so that yeah, Joanna's exactly. got a fan. Your, your fundamentalist views. Yeah. Let's go. To anyway, the, should we get do, to the uh, booby woman? Should we get to? <laughs> Let's talk about the third but, best. But, it, by the way, on. Joe, after some time to consider it, I think it's going to be Leon Scott. <laughs> okay, is your favourite? It, it's so, it's just it's so dismissive. It's so childish, isn't it? He's, it's he's so not even trying. <laughs> and that's the thing. That's the thing that it just it really hits the sweet spot as well because poor Leon cannot build a brand, cannot no. get anyone to even know who he is. He might no. even get to fight for the belt finally and. Most fans wouldn't be able to describe him, so I think Leon Scott is Colby's best. I do you know what's my favourite one might be is when he describes Usman as the CEO of oh, EPO. Yeah, that yeah. is so good. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, it, 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 yeah, that would be my go-to. Anyway, as I was saying, let's talk about the third best division in the UFC. Men's flyweight. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Let's Coming start. out with more fundamentalist positions. Here we go. Right, bantamweight number one, men's lightweight yep. number two. Oh shit, I forgot about featherweight. Oh fuck's sake. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not having featherweight. I'm not having featherweight. You're not. I'm not having featherweight. No, I'm not. Having... Joe, you got one man who's just whooping everyone. You got one man doing laps, and you got a guy behind him who's doing more laps. Yeah. The same problem there at, uh, at middleweight. Uh, so you're saying flyweight number three? I'm saying. Well, what about welterweight? What? We're talking about men doing laps and we're talking about <laughs> Usman. Come on, lads. Like, come on. All right. Yeah. Anyway, men's yes. flyweight. Men's flyweight. Now, you know this. My boy, Manel Cap, versus my other boy, Rogerio Bonterin. Me and you love a bit of Bonterin, don't we? Sadly do. He is a man who he could be the most incredible fighter for all of two minutes and then just absolutely throw a fight away. 
And what is not to love about that? Um, what's your favourite Bontarine loss? Is it the Cara France one? It has to be the Cara France That's one, the it? moment <laughs> where he, when he then thinks that Cara France has disrespected him after the fight. <laughs> And he's uh, chased him like a deranged little power dwarf. Uh, it's incredible. Um, yeah. Absolutely incredible. Um, he's facing Manel Cap. Um, let's talk about... I want to talk about Manel Cap for a second. Well, well let me intro you there, Joe. Manel Cap, you built him up. You told me he was going to be the next best thing. You made me tune in to watch him fight Pantosia. Right, hold on. He, His he, first fight in the UFC was... Pantosia. He got fucking ruined. It was comprehensive. <laughs> Didn't win a round. Looked absolutely garbage. <laughs> he promised me things would be different. And then I watched him fight some fellow who I don't even know who he is, Nicolau, and the yeah. same thing happened again. What's going yeah. on, Joe? Well, then he missed weight and since then out, he knocked out yeah, well, Osborne, which was Since sick. then I've stopped paying attention, Joe, until I've looked at his record now and I see that he has turned it around. What's been going on? These last two fights right, he, so he, he has won he, them. He fought he fought Ode Osborne and he missed weight who? by about five for five pounds. Who did he fight? <laughs> Ode, Ode Osborne, Ode Osborne, however you say it. Right. Uh, he won at the weekend, by the way, but he beat Ode Osborne after missing weight. And then he beat uh, Zal uh, Zuma Gulov. You've seen Zuma Gulov, come on. Don't don't mess around. Knocked him out. Um Mate, Cap's coming. He's coming for that title, and I'm laying it out for you right there. He's got his long stance. Got his long stance with his long hands like this, and he's just going to light your man up. Oh no, this is going to be a banging fight. I'm telling you right here, this is fight of the night right here. Bontarin is going to be dogging it in this one. Uh, so, so yeah, Bontarin. Yeah. By the way, his last fight with Roy Val that was a banger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, no. We, I mean, these guys are names now: Brandon Roy Val, Bontarin, Pantoja. The guys we're, we're mentioning Cara right France. now, listeners. Cara France, his star could not Paulian be shining brighter. Howling Pivot, yeah, the, yeah. He was there. <laughs> well, he was there. He was there. You know, he had his match now. Um, Come on, we like a bit of match now on the. The, the point is, flyweight is coming, guys. Uh, it's coming. You, yes. you know, if these are the first times you're hearing some of these names, they will not be the last. Especially Kaikara France. Right now, that guy is. That guy's on fire. Yes, indeed. On fire. Um, now, Bontarine, much like Cap, he, he has a bit of a checkered checkered wreath. Recent record. Um, he's dropped three of his last four, with the mm. fourth being a win for him, which was then overturned for, um, let's say, how do we, some performance enhances <laughs> the uh, CEO of, what was Something. it? Uh, yeah, uh, hydrochlor- hydrochlorothiazide. Yeah, um, doesn't quite roll off the tongue like <laughs> the CEO of EPO, but we'll it, get there. It, yes, right. Uh, so, and, and Cap, you know, he's, He's two and two and two in his last four. So these are guys, you know, in the danger zone at the bottom of the of the rankings. Mm. Uh, both need a win. Now Bonterine, he's not bad. He's not bad. He can swang, and he's got a nice jujitsu base. Mm. Cap being the striker. So yes. you think it's not going to be a challenge for um for Cap to deal with? No, that, no. With I, that I think it's going to be a challenge. Uh, I just think he's going to unload on Bontarine at once in the first round in particular. The Kaikara blueprint. Yeah, he's going to put him away. Round one knockout, Manel Cap. I'm calling uh-huh. it right here. Joe, I've got a decision, Bontarine. Oh my days. We're... Oh, Out just... of pure disrespect for you God damn and, and Manel Shit Cap. Shit my boy, Manel. Like... I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this, Joe. Manel yeah. Cap wins this fight, I'm watching the next one. <laughs> because I haven't Bro. seen the last two. 
Bro, the, the last two have been banging. Like, you're not. Yeah, well, that's how you, you get one chance, Joe. Like, I've got no time. No time, Vulcan Uzdemir, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've got no time. you got time for Vulcan, but you don't have time for Manel Cap. That is disgusting. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not having that. Um, right. Should we talk about this fight, the, the next fight? People's main event. Jack, Jack Della Maddalena, a man that Tom has no idea about. You have no idea who this bloke is, do you? Joe, I've, I know one thing. Jack Maddalena, he's the latest boy in Joe's production line. The latest <laughs> one that you have shined favour on. Let me quote quote from our WhatsApp chat. Give you an inside look into how this podcast comes about. Right. Uh, I'm not, not going to quote it word for word, but I'll give you a sense of it. Who's this fella, Jack Maddalena, says the uh, leading podcaster, to which Joe responds, I didn't say he's that. good. He won. <laughs> and that's it. He enters the pantheon of boys. Tell us about the joke. Yeah. Jack Madalena, why should we pay attention? He has got a sweet jab, let me tell you. Really sweet, tight hands, good right hand lead jab, good right hook off of that, great combinations. Loves digging shots to the body, loves throwing that left straight to the body, and has got absolutely lovely straight boxing combinations. And I love a bit of that in MMA. Love me some of that. And to be honest, uh, his last fight against Pete Rodriguez, who was a last-minute replacement, you know, so it was an ideal opponent, put him away with a beautiful counter-left, just absolutely slipped him out of the way and put him away from there. And also, uh, he fought uh, Ange Lusa. Do you remember Ange Lusa? I do not. He's fought in the UFC. We've watched him. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. We have definitely watched Angelusa. Anyway, you had a really good fight with him on Dana White's uh, Contender Series where Lusa had him in a um, uh, head and arm triangle um, and uh, Della Maddalena got out of it like in a really slick manner. I was just like, damn, this guy's got some skills. Like, I'm liking this dude. I don't know, he's got some sweet hands, got some good ground game. And I'm looking forward to this. Well, he's fighting. Uh, he's fighting your man, Emiv, a guy who's a seven-fight veteran of the UFC, uh, mm. former middleweight champion over in, in M1. Yes, uh, fighting straight out of Dagestan. Dagestan. He's of Azar ethnicity and mm. has quite the sambo background as well. Mm-hmm. This normally spells doom. Uh, and for Emiv in the UFC, he's five and two, all decisions. Yeah. I think it's a test for for your boy. Yes, uh, I think it's certainly a test. And we've also got to look at the fact that this is a pretty bright spot. You know, opening the main card, yeah. first fight abroad after COVID. What are you thinking? It's, well. <sighs> Again, I, I'm feeling very cautious. I think I'm a bit damaged from from losing my belt, um, <laughs> which yeah, Joe did did manage to win last time out, guys. I did win, yes, two, two seven four. Yes, uh, we tried to move on from it, but it has cut me <laughs> a little bit. So I'm being a bit cautious, and I've stuck with with the veteran, um, just because I, 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 you know, you know, I've gone with a beef. Yeah, I've gone with a beef. Yeah, wow. Yeah, Joe, Joe. Look, it's about pedigree in this sport. Glover's got pedigree. And Meave's got pedigree, and you know these young young guns—they've got to come and, and 
and show me something. So Amiv by decision for me. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Ange Lusa, I was thinking like, when have I seen this guy fight? And I realised, I saw his last fight against uh, Munir Lazez. Do you remember this fight where Munir Lazez won and then he immediately in his post-fight uh, interview shouted out um, Daniel Kinahan uh, as a good friend of his. Do you remember this guy? Oh, Jesus, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, was, uh, then he was asked about it afterwards in the post-fight press conference. And then a lot of the fans underneath were just like, why is this journalist asking difficult questions? That's not nice. And it's just like, that's the point of a journalist, is, is it not? So, so for the listeners, you know, uh, Daniel Kinahan is supposedly connected with uh, <laughs> organized crime. Yeah, out of uh, Ireland. Out yes. of Ireland, known as a bit of a, a mob boss. Yes. He's certainly, um, he's persona non grata in boxing. Um, and if the UFC is mm. following, following boxing, then that's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're in a, we're in a worrying, uh, worrying trend there. What worrying timeline. Wow, what a what a array of predictions we have there. Um, Joe, Madalena, what? How was he going to win this fight? I didn't think decision. That. Decision. Decision for me for for Madalena. I I I've seen Emi fight, and I think he's uh, as tough as a two dollar steak, as I like to say. And uh, I think it'll be difficult for Madalena. Well, that's, that's that's just it. That, that, that's just it. I mean, he's caused problems for everyone he's fought. Emi. Um, yeah. He's not someone you just put away and walk through. So a big test. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think, yeah, if Madalena can get through this, I'm like, okay, might have something here. I will award him, along with Cap, you win this fight, I'll watch the next one. I mean, mean, Amiv, if you're you're bringing up the Dagestani thing, so you're obviously being like, okay, well, the wrestling and whatnot. It's like, well, his takedown accuracy is pretty low, so I wouldn't be hoping on that too much, but he does spam them quite a bit. That's that's more what I'm looking at, Joe. Okay, that's more what I'm. It's a it's a war of attrition, you know. Right. Especially if you're a young a young striker, a boxer, and somebody's applying that pressure and carrying that threat of a takedown. Uh, I'm not sure. saying it necessarily that Emid needs to go in there and just bowl him over Khabib style. No, um, I think that it just needs to carry that constant threat. And then when he gets in that position, I don't see Madalena necessarily escaping. Big test. Fair enough. Uh, let's talk about the prelims just quickly. Is there a fight that stands out for you on these prelims? Um, I've just flicked onto the card now. Uh, oh. oh God, we got it. It's the hot, It's the the reunion of Joe's boy club with, <laughs> with Jacob Malcolm. <laughs> yes, my boy. Uh, I know you're going to talk about Jake Matthews and Andre Filio. Joe, yes. come, on, come on, it's it's not. It's not what prime time gold this card. No, it's not. But Filio owns. He beat. He he knocked out Baeza, didn't he? he did. yeah. And then a month later, he knocks out Cameron Van Camp, whoever the fuck that is. And then one month after that, he's fighting Jake Matthews. So your man has fought three times in three months. You know Dana's loving a bit of that, a bit mm-hmm. of cheap labour. Four, um, fourth time out this year as well. He did fight Michelle yeah. Pereira back in January. Yes, exactly. So. You know he's he's out there. He's getting about it. What's not to like about uh, Filio? He's got nice boxing as well. Strong boxing. Trained with Cormier, out at AKA as well. So he's worked on his wrestling. Be interesting to see if uh, Matthews will work towards that. Uh, and of course, Brendan Allen versus Jacob Malcolm. That's going to be a nice, uh, interesting combo at middleweight. I presume is uh, yeah middleweight. That fight's happening out. So, so. Joe, listen, mate, I've got my uh, watch on. It's a fitness tracker, and I can mm. see the heart rate. 
it's not moved in the last uh, few minutes. It's not. It's, what you're are you not setting like, my pulse off. Are you at like forty-five? Is that what you're <laughs> it's me? a stone cold. Yeah. I mean, look, we've been away for a while, listeners. We love the sport. We do. <sighs> it's hard to get. It's hard to get. It's hard to get. Come on, give me something. Give me something, Dana. All right. Shall we talk about? We'll go. We'll go. We'll recap our predictions uh, in a moment. But let's go through some fight announcements. Yes. Shall we? Right. Uh, UFC Fight Night Paris. That's right. Paris, wow. France, not Paris, Texas. Wow. I th- I believe is being main evented by Robert Whittaker versus Marvin Vittori in the middleweight division. Now, two gentlemen that in theory should be dropping down the division and are doing something that I pre- just previously minutes ago criticised them for doing. But when it's a fight this good, fuck what I just said. That is a banger. Yeah, Joe, that's a banger. Um, totally with you there. Uh, just for the listeners, you know, the fact it's in France, a big deal. That means finally legalised, finally you can get in there and, and, and put on events. So breaking ground for, for the UFC there. Sure. Um, and yeah, absolutely. Both guys who have lost to the champ very recently. One of them twice now. and uh, Well, sorry, both of them twice, but one of them twice in, in championship fights. Uh, so it should be going down, but it's a fight that should happen. You know, they're both right there at the top. And it's the mm. same kind of catch-all, especially for Vittori, where he loses this fight. He's got to be looking, you know, 10 to 8, 11 to 8 in the rankings mm. if he if he goes down to Whitaker, which, yeah. you know, that would be my prediction. Yeah, I agree. I think Whitaker is too varied and uh, multi, multi-skilled for, uh, for Vittori. Um, also, another fight night that's going to be in front of fans. UFC Long Island headlined by Brian Ortega versus Yair Rodriguez uh, in a main event. And then like also, that. that is a banging fight. That's a banging fight. Now, I want you to line this up here. You've got uh, Volkanovski versus Holloway. You've got this fight here. Do you think they're going to make the winner of this fight the winner of Volkanovski versus Holloway? Where's Calvin Cater at now? He is at fifth, I believe, in the rankings. He's got a fight coming up, hasn't he? Has he got uh, Arnold Allen? No, he doesn't have. No, he doesn't have Arnold Allen. He doesn't have Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen doesn't. By the way, why doesn't Arnold Allen have a fight booked for the um, men for the uh, UFC London event? That is insane. Yeah. And also, by the way, on UFC Fight Night Long Island, they have Jack Shaw facing Ricky Simone, banging. Bantamweight fight there again. Why is that not on UFC London? But again, I'll just I'll allow it this time. Calvin Cater, by the way, is facing Josh Emmett. Yeah, I knew there was one coming up, Joe. That's a that's a hell of a matchup right there. That's um, That's that's really that's pretty hot. Or, yes. Ortega Ortega off a win. It's 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 not enough. No. It's not enough for him uh, to fight for the belt again. No, and, he needs another two or three after that. Yeah, yeah, he's also just lost to Holloway so recently. I mean, Cater as well, but there's a bit, at least a bit yeah. more distance. So, yes. and at least Cater's had a win. I guess subsequently. Exactly. So I feel like maybe an eliminator is what I'd be. I'd be putting forth Cater if he can come through that fight against Emmett or Emmett. He's earned his place as well, uh, fighting the winner of the Ortega fight. What about then Arnold Allen? What about Arnold Allen versus the Where does he fight? fit in? Yeah. Well, if it, is, Arnold Allen is 9 and 0 in the UFC. Outrageous. And Volkanovski so he needs to fight you. Volkanovski is 11 and 0 in the UFC. Like come on. Give Arnold Allen a title contender fight. That's yeah. what we need right there. 
Um, okay. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about UFC London. Paddy the Baddy Pimlet versus Jordan Levitt. Um, what what do you make of this? Because this is like actually a decent fighter. <laughs> uh, it's a bizarre matchup. Um, it's weird, isn't it? So Paddy Pimlet. I think most of the listeners will know him. He's red hot right now. He's a scouser who runs his mouth and um, mm. has had a couple of finishes now in the UFC, having been the Cage Warriors champion. Uh, Jordan Levitt does not quite have the same profile. Uh, what he is remembered for, he's remembered for power slamming someone, leading to a knockout, and then doing the splits. Yes, uh, and then do, no, doing the dirty dancing uh, lift. That's what he did with his coach. <laughs> Oh, yeah, his last yeah, yeah, his, yeah. his last fight he won and he did the splits and then twerked. He, he's he's a, he's a, he's an odd bloke and I like him for it. I like that, yeah. But he's very soft hands, wrestling heavy. I I feel like this is kind of not like I don't know. Pimlet has been caught on the chin a couple times already in the UFC, and I feel like they've given them a guy who. Might oblige Pimlet in oh, ways Joey. That, that is not a gimme. It's not a gimme. I think we've it's seen not enough. It's not a gimme. It's not a gimme. I like. It's not an absolute doozy. I feel like that's a perfect banana skin for Paddy. To be to be honest with you, could uh, you yeah. see? You could see fifteen minutes of Jordan Levitt just like absolutely grinding him into the ground and just <laughs> the British fans just booing. Can you imagine like the O2 just booing? <laughs> just like stand him up. <laughs> <laughs> that won't be us in the press box, but we will be, you know, respectfully watching, won't we, Tom? Hundred percent, Joe. Hundred percent, Dana. Uh, no, I, I like it's a, it's curious matchmaking, but I'm not against it. Yes, very curious. Right, this is an interesting one. Bantamweight division. Dominic Cruz will be facing off. They're trying to book this apparently. Marlon Chito Vera versus Dominic Cruz. My, ha- my heart finally skipped a beat because I thought you were going to say Marlon Marais and I thought yeah, that um, poor, poor man oh, no. is gone. Yeah, well, Marais has he's been cut, thank God. Um, yeah, yeah. Off you go to Eagle FC, oh, brother. But oh um, no, I, I mean no, no. <laughs> Petition to spare Marlon Marais anymore. <laughs> Combat sports concussions. I, I totally agree. Uh, this is a, this is a big fight for Marlon Vera, and he's really adapted quite well since his loss to Sonia Dong. It's uh, it's a good fight to make, you know. Uh, Vera's earned it. He's right there, you know. He's he's on the cusp, and I I think there are harder matchups for him. But Cruz Sandhagen, obviously doesn't. Jan, yeah, the real the real cutting edge of the UFC. And yeah. the one time that he stepped up and he faced Aldo and he lost, and Aldo just ground him out. Okay, he faced the veteran who had those skills that he just didn't have. He's facing a guy named Dominic Cruz. A guy who's been slightly written off in the last few years. Is he going to be able to like get past this veteran? Is it going to be an Ortega versus Frankie Edgar moment of just we see a veteran finally get brutally, brutally knocked out? I, I think it's possible. Uh, it's finally balanced. It's finally balanced. I've got enough respect for Dominic Cruz and his craft uh, and the fact he has overcome young, hungry guns who can, who mm. can bang. Um, yeah, much sure. in the same vein as Vera. Very, very recently. I, I think it's a great matchup, actually, Joe. Yeah, it's a, it's a really strong matchup. And then, last of all, UFC trying to book for August uh, the rematch uh, of Dustin Poirier versus 
Justin Gaethje. Now, when I saw this matchup, I saw a lot of people popping for it. And let me tell you, I was not one of them. I was not one of those people because I've had enough. I've had enough. Sarukin and Gamrot, they're main eventing at fight night, those two, against each other. I'm sorry, but one of these two should be fighting Sarukin and the other one should be fighting Gamrot. I've had enough of this. Start fucking fighting some proper young contenders. Let them try and get a name. And if they can't beat you, they can't beat you. Enough of this. Gaethje, mm. you're ducking Sarukin and I know it. Get out there and face, face Sarukin. I'm, uh, that, was, that was the first thought that went through my mind. Why aren't you fighting Fazeev? Why aren't you fighting Gamrot? Fucking Sarukin. Fucking whoever. Who's another lightweight who's good? Um, fucking whoever. Anyway, give me one of those guys facing the other guys. I've had enough. I've had enough. If you're not going to fight these guys, get out the rankings. Joe, uh, sign up for that wholeheartedly. I think you, you, you're just right. But the <sighs> UFC's got to make these guys fight down. You know, you got to fight these young guns that stop matching up the. I know. That's the time I mean, names. I mean, Poirier was like desperate for that Nate Diaz fight, and it's just like he's not got it. It's like, do you want to fight Gamrot? And it's just like obviously he's going to say no, isn't he? Like he's going to say no to fighting Gamrot. You know, Gaethje's just been you know smoked by Oliveira. Do you fancy a bit of Armand Sarukian? No, you don't. Oh, wow. What a surprise. Right. Uh, should we go through our main card picks one more time before we wrap this up? So, yep. Jack Della Madalena uh, versus uh, your man. Uh, what's his name again? Uh, uh, Ramazan Emiv. Ramazan Emiv. Sorry. Uh, what did you pick? I picked Emiv by decision. I've got Madalena by decision. Uh, Rogerio Bontarin versus Manel Cap. I've obviously gone with Cap by KO. Bonsering decision. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko versus... Oh, no, no, sorry. Uh, Zhang Weili versus Joanna Janjacek. Uh, we've both gone for Weili by decision. We have. Uh, Shevchenko, Tyler Santos. I believe we've both gone for Shevchenko by decision. Uh, that's for the women's flyweight title. And in the main event, the men's light heavyweight championship on the line... Glover to show versus Yuri Prohashka. I've gone for Prohashka by knockout, and you have not. I have not. It's the duopoly of man. I've gone for Teixeira by submission. We've so. really gone opposites, proper opposites. We have, Joe. Yeah, we have. Um, so yeah, tune in next week, listeners, to see where we're at. Yeah, see- when I get announced the the champion again. <laughs> Anyway, we'll wrap this up. Tom, I'll speak to you later. And listeners, we'll speak to you later. Thanks a lot, Joe. Cheers.